Warning. Some sentient beings may find the following podcast mildly offensive. Personally, I think it's just fine. Every week, my friend Mark and I get together to study the Bible in the ensuite bathroom of my velvet-laden boudoir. Okay, maybe it's a bit weird, but I've always found this to be an ideal space for quiet contemplation. My private john is also conveniently located right across from my podcast recording studio, which doubles as a walk-in closet. Now, before you write Mark and me off as a couple of boudoir and religious fanatics, let me explain. The Bible isn't just a best-selling novel by renowned author Jesus H. Christ. In showbiz, a Bible is a document that contains information about all the creative elements of a TV series, or in our case, a podcast. If Mark and I hadn't taken the time to develop a series Bible for Definitely Not Smells Like Yukon, we'd be a couple of lost souls. Our Bible prevents us from getting confused about the purpose of our podcast. That's why we study it every week. But since our podcast Bible is even longer than the Christian Bible, we also came up with 10 commandments for easy reference. For the enlightenment of our listener, I'm now going to run through the list of do's and don'ts. For the record, it kind of looks like they're all don'ts. Number one, don't joke about religion. Number two, don't criticize the Yukon government. Number three, don't confuse the new podcast with Smells Like Yukon. Number four, don't make obscure references to past stories. Number five, don't consume more than one teaspoon of Yukonase before reading a script. Number six, don't interview the same person for more than one story. Number seven, don't forget about Larry Bagnall. Number eight, don't try to be funny. Number nine, don't be ironic. And finally, number 10, don't cut to the podcast ID until the listener knows exactly where the story is going. This is definitely not Smells Like Yukon, the podcast that claims to be nothing like Smells Like Yukon, but for all intents and purposes, is almost exactly the same. My name is Jesse DeVos. Each episode, my friend Mark Kepke and I put on our silly hats, ascend this mighty pulpit, and do our best to deliver the Yukon from evil. Having a set of hard and fast podcasting rules has been really helpful for Mark and me. For example, the commandment against making fun of the Yukon government ensures I don't anger my bosses at the mothership. Did I just call the Yukon government the mothership? Is that bad? I guess I'll find out tomorrow at work. Having our own customized commandments also inspired Mark and me to think about a bigger problem. It's been a long time since Noah descended the Great Pyramid of Giza, bearing the original Ten Commandments. And a lot of people think those ancient rules are due for a serious overhaul. Before you jump to conclusions, Mark and I would never presume we're qualified to revise the original Ten Commandments, which are routinely ignored by billions of people. However, we did feel confident about developing another dozen or so commandments that could apply just to Yukoners. Now, I'm pretty sure Mark and I could have easily done this job without any help. We're just that good. But, like Jesus, we're also extremely generous. 
We wanted to let Yukoners have some input into the dozen or so new commandments that will govern their lives. Mark joins me now to explain how we got the ball rolling. So I got started a few months ago when my friend and electrician, Keegan, dropped by to repair my daughter's pet eel. But as you'll hear in the following clip, the results weren't great. Are you familiar with the Ten Commandments? I am. So we're trying to supplement them with a dozen or so commandments that would apply just to Yukoners. Hmm. What do you think of that idea? That'd be all right. Yeah, a set of guidelines and commandments for Yukoners. You have them in mind already? Well, I'm wondering if you have any suggestions. Hmm. A few weeks after this interview, my wife and I invited our neighbors over for cocktails. This seemed like another excellent opportunity for some serious semi-public consultation. After I explained our project, the husband, we'll call him Randy, got right into it. I think that's a great idea. Do you have any suggestions? Thou shall not poach. Like game? Yes. Any others? Yes. Can you tell me what they are? Women. On a seasonal basis. I don't even understand what that means. Fortunately, I'd already realized that some Yukoners might have trouble coming up with good suggestions. That's why I'd prepared a list of proposed commandments ahead of time. It turned out to be the perfect way to engage with inebriated citizens. So, th- thou shalt not vote for Wolf Carter? Hang on, it says thou shall vote for Wolf Carter. I, I don't think we can vote for Wolf Carter. Maybe that one's in there because it's nice to always have one commandment that nobody will follow. I guess. I, I'm going to move on. <sighs> I got 29 commandments in front of me. Thou shalt not be frolicking in the water park when your cabinet meeting starts in five minutes. Disagree. Thou shalt not blather on about a second-hand bridge into Riverdale. Yeah. So you're saying that that's a good commandment. These aren't commandments, though. What you've written here is a manifesto. No, no these are commandments. Can you just work with me? Yes, I, I will stick with you and work with you. Um, thou shalt not attempt to displace a minor on the Yukon license plate. Agreed. Thou shalt not tempt fate by speaking aloud the words, We haven't had a power outage in almost a week. We haven't had a power outage in almost a week, so it's a fortuitous time for this to be proposed to me. Thou shalt not swim in the parking lot of the Kwanlin Mall, no matter how big the pothole gets. They've been working really hard and making a big concerted effort to fix the potholes in the Kwanlin Mall, so... Well, I hear you. The parking lot is better, but it, it will get worse again. And like I said before, these are certainly not written in stone. The original commandments, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, they were written in stone. So there was, it wasn't a lot of leeway for public input, and <sighs> these are all, they're great. Randy's wife, let's call her Mandy, proved to be equally difficult. I was looking for an enthusiastic thumbs up, but she was constantly finding self-serving objections or attempting to carve out unreasonable exceptions. Okay, thou shalt not treat Pelly Crossing as if the only reason for its existence is to sell you gas on your way to DCMF. Definitely its only reason for existence is to sell you gas, not necessarily to DCMF, but to Dawson for sure. If you haven't stopped at Stewart. That's really harsh that you're not even willing like, to suggest that people should stop and get to know Pelly Crossing a little bit. No, get your gas and carry on. Thou shalt not attempt to turn left into the exit of the YTG parking lot on 2nd Avenue, especially when Mark is trying to drive home to Riverdale. I actually think that's okay. I think that if you need to turn left, you should turn left. Mark, I have to tell you recently, Wednesday, I turned left into that parking lot. 
I did. We have a proposed commandment that says, thou shalt not set fire to paddle wheelers. I mean, yeah, I think I can support that. I mean, unless you, like, need to. So you want to put an asterisk on this commandment as well. Yes, absolutely. Like, if if you're lacking fuel and you're freezing and you need to, then yes. I think I'm talking more about, like, a post-apocalyptic times, for example, like zombie invasions or something like that, and then you need the fuel, then yes, by all means. Historic sites are important and valuable for sure, but when it comes to survival, I think it's okay to overlook for sure. I think it's okay to burn that shit down. By this point, I was starting to feel totally exhausted by all this consultation. Oh, come on, don't make me laugh. I also had a couple of spills to deal with. And as I was sweeping up all the glass, I kept thinking about something else Randy had said to me. This is a very long list that you've just handed to me. You've handed me 29 commandments, and I think there is a reason that it was cut down to 10 in the first place, and that's good management and leadership skills. And so I think that you handing me 29 commandments is uh, a sign that you perhaps don't know what you're doing. When I thought about it, I realized Randy was right. We must have been crazy to think we could get this project done without some kind of consultant. Maybe that should be one of our commandments. Thou shalt not attempt to do anything in the Yukon without hiring a consultant or two. As luck would have it, Mark and I know a few of these consultant types, and one of them was willing to work with us pro bono, as long as we didn't use his real name. We met at the Northlight Innovation Centre in a tiny little space called the Davy Jolie Cuddle Room. Of course, Mark and I did our best to keep the focus on intimate dialogue. So you are a public engagement specialist, is that correct? That's correct. So can you describe what it is that you generally do? Yeah, so maybe a starting point is, what is public engagement anyways? <clears throat> so I think it's talking to drunk people when they're at your house, is that? I, I think, uh, uh, generally speaking, we wouldn't target maybe that audience in that state. Um, but again, it, de- it depends. Um, you know, public engagement is when you need to make a decision that's going to impact people and you believe that they have a right to be part of the conversation that helps influence that decision. We would like to come up with a list of a dozen or so commandments just for Yukoners and kind of having trouble with the process. Like how would somebody go about doing this properly? Which isn't to say that we'll do it properly. Uh, and. And just for context, Mark and I have never consulted with anybody on anything we've ever done on this podcast. We're not really used to it. We're not used to asking people. We, we basically come to a lot of conclusions just on our own. And we feel like with this one, we probably should get it, do a little bit of a better job. Who's the decision maker here? Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately, I think it will be Jesse and I who decide on the dozen or so commandments just for you, Connors, based on some level of public engagement. So Because we have a podcast that gives us a fair amount of authority to make decisions on behalf of the population. We just want to at least have some kind of veneer of legitimacy, make it look like, at the very least, we consulted some other people. So I'm hearing, like, um, you know, we're doing this on behalf of you, Connors. Great. Um, we're, we're making strides uh, past the original work that God and Moses did. Fantastic. Uh, this, this is a big public policy conversation and usually yeah. you know, questions uh, that, that involve public policy go to public engagement. So here we are. Um, and a question when people say is, why do this? Another way of asking is, what's the problem we're trying to solve here? Well, I like the first formulation better why, because okay. I think I have a better answer for that. And it's kind of a toss up maybe a deep and abiding concern for the welfare of Yukoners, their spiritual health. It maybe just shits and giggles. 
Okay, now this is good. I think we're onto something. So here's why we're doing this. We want to have 12 commandments. We think it's a good idea. Um, are you putting like some draft ideas on the table and say, hey folks, what do you think of these 12? And or are you saying, hey folks, we've done an initial cut. Here's the first three, first 12. What do you think of these ones? And are you inviting people to come up with their own? Or is like, is, are, is the draft in stone? No, nothing is in stone. Okay. Though I, a previous interview, we pointed out that, you know, the original commandments were in stone. So maybe that was another uh, huh. indication that maybe it was a little off base with this whole thing. Hmm. It sounds like we we're making some serious progress. With the help of our public engagement specialist, I felt optimistic that we could gather some real and meaningful input from Yukoners. What I didn't count on, but probably should have, was the possibility that someone would try to cut corners, maybe even short circuit the entire process. If you are a public engagement specialist, you're usually helping people engage with the public, but is there any flexibility or wiggle room in that job title? So if we maybe just talk to you, ran some of these commandments by you, and we could say, yeah, we engaged a public engagement specialist, so I think the public engagement is uh, signed off and done, we're all good there. Okay, so this is great, we're in the brainstorming phase, you know, we're exploring options, um, and that is an option, and often consultants. We joke that at the end of the day, we're, the reason we're hired is to wear the bulletproof vest for others. So it's... Uh, that would be good for us. Well, maybe. Um, it was more of a metaphor than, than literal, but... Um, <laughs> You know, people are pretty good at smelling BS. Um, you know, we've got lots of... That's going to be a problem for us, Jesse. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so the problem with sending me out there... Uh, no, we don't want to send you out there. Okay, okay. What I'm saying is we would just like you to be a proxy for the public. I'm looking at you and I'm not seeing John Glenn Morris. Okay. I'm seeing somebody who is now speaking for everybody other than Jesse and I. Oh. You are the public. Oh, I see. Oh. I'm like so, your market research of everyone. Okay. Uh, well, it's, it's, it sounds like cheating. But hey, um, well, let's roll with it. This was Mark's kind of consultant. Before anyone could object, Mark pulled out the list, and we got down to the nitty-gritty. There's some great ones here. Um, yeah, we've got uh, Thou shalt not stand between Larry Bagnall and a tray of hors d'oeuvres. Have you ever found yourself in that situation? Yeah. Um, if you see Tupperware come out, I, yeah, you, you, you create a wide berth. Um, yeah, what's jumping to me actually is um, the first one, uh, Thou shalt honor a crosswalk on 2nd Avenue uh, at least once per year. And I think you're on the right track, um, but the at least once per year, um, yeah, I might want to open that up a bit. You know, maybe that's where you ask the question and say, hey, you Connors, we're pretty, pretty firm on this one about doing something on 2nd Avenue, but Maybe there's a wiggle room about once per year or more. Well, I mean, ideally, I'd like it to be more, but given what I witness on 2nd Avenue, I'm thinking getting anyone to stop more than once a year for a crosswalk is already a pretty tall order. Thou shalt not attempt to eat that really big muffin in Haynes Junction, um, no matter how much coin you've dropped at Cannabis Yukon. I actually was just going through Junction about a week ago, and, and um, uh, I had an out-of-town guest, and um, this, he wanted a selfie, and, and I guess if the muffin wasn't there because someone ate it, what would you do? Thou shalt pick up thy dog's feces, especially when it's on a freshly groomed trail at Mount Mac. Now that one is uh, high on my list. But it's funny, I think when you're skiing, if your dog's behind you, you might not even know. 
Well, I don't know. Yeah. Something's got to be done. All I know is brown wax is my least favorite wax. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's panhandle. Now, I think that is mm-hmm. one that most Yukoners are probably guilty of that, breaking that commandment. Maybe you should make it easier for people and, and switch it to or add, like, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's panhandle unless you're willing also to take in Sir Palin as part of the deal. I, I don't know. That, some people might be into that. I like that. That is that, what you just suggested, is a useful okay. revision to one of these commandments. I think we've got our money's worth already just on absolutely, that one. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the catch is you might get Sarah Palin, but that might be a win. Tell me about the uh, number 12. That's well, you want to read it out? Yeah, yeah. Well, thou shalt not attempt to operate a restaurant in that little house beside the Yukon Theater. And that's fascinating, Well, it's right? pointless. If you've been around long, it just seems pointless. Like some, if we just put that as a commandment, maybe people would just stop trying. Yeah. I'm just wondering, well, then what would you do with this space? Uh, that's not my problem. I just... What about a podcast studio? I Maybe. think you're onto something. Um, thou shalt not... This is number 14. Thou shalt not always wear a ball cap to work as leader of the official opposition. Um, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm just wondering, like, you know, elections come and go. Governments come and go. What what happens if the tables turn? And, 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 and yes. the premier's wearing a ball cap. We can go, look, it's working. I suppose. So tell me, let's, let's go to number nine. Okay. Uh, thou shalt not fornicate in the Takini hot pools even at night, and even if the northern lights are out. Um, so I, I guess my concern uh, from a tourism perspective, fornicating under the northern lights is big business. But not in the pool. They you take that shit to Liard. That's in BC. Let's, well, I think we should keep that out of the Yukon. Okay. It's, I mean, locals go there. You don't want to see that. What if locals are fornicating? Do they? I think nobody should be nobody doing that in the This pool. is a writ large. No, and then on the pool-related subject, I don't think that even once a year they should allow dogs into the pool at the Canada Game Center. I mean, so maybe that should be tacked on here. Mark had a whole list of commandments that were pool-related. Just pool-related commandments. We said to weed out yeah. before we did this. Okay. So, so let's go to number eight. That thou shalt wear a helmet when drinking on thy ATV, assuming thou is not already brain-damaged. So what's curious about this one is if you're already brain damaged, how would you even know that number eight applies? Like, I'm just wondering how you would sort of self-regulate in this one. Oh, good, good question. Oh, hopefully you might have some non-brain damaged friends who could go like, hey, buddy, don't worry about the helmet. It's too late. What do you think about number two? Number two. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Thou shalt not say I'm a born and raised Yukoner when what thou really means is I deserve special treatment. Me, I, I'm not a born and raised Yukoner. Yeah. I'm a, from Vancouver. Um, I, I like lattes. Don't hold that against me. Um, but but I, I, I but I do think increasingly um, should we be judged on on where we were born? Because I didn't I didn't I didn't get to choose that. I I, I, I like this because I think we all should be judged and judge ourselves on what we do. How we contribute. You're born and raised. Where's your head out on this one? I don't know. I don't know if I use it. No? It's not your ace of spades? You pull it out? No, I don't think I do. Okay. By this point, we talked to three regular Yukoners plus one public engagement specialist. And only half of them were under the influence of alcohol. Mission accomplished. Inspired by the success of our public engagement efforts, Mark and I worked hard, goddamn hard, and mostly on Sundays, coincidentally, to carefully weigh all the options. I think the process would have gone much faster if Mark had spent less time coveting my neighbor's wife and SUV. But I'd be lying and dishonoring my parents if I told you he actually did that. At one point, I'd mentioned that I'd kill for a can of Red Bull or Beaver Buzz. That's when Mark popped over to steal some from the big way. With that extra little energy boost, we were finally able to power through and get her done. 
Some of the finalists were no-brainers. Who could argue with thou shalt not waste moose meat? Or thou shalt take three deep breaths before opening thy internet bill? Or thou shalt not take Winterlong's name in vain, even when it's Friday and they're out of sinister rouge? I'm sure others will prove more contentious. But the important thing is, Markina made the tough choices and finalized a list of a dozen or so commandments just for you, Connors. But you know what they say, there's no rest for the wickedly awesome. We still had one more task to complete. While the stone tablet has traditionally been the go-to medium for commandment publishing, we really wanted to showcase ours in a more modern format. One option was to create an app so Yukoners could read them on their iPads. But Mark and I are old school, if not exactly Old Testament. We wanted a tangible medium that doesn't require a battery and something that Yukoners could really relate to. Eventually, Mark came up with one idea that was pretty interesting. So my idea, or maybe it was more of a dream, was to convince 300 Yukoners to each spend 250 bucks at Cannabis Yukon. By my calculations, that would buy about 10 pounds of premium bud, which we could then compress and roll into a single large tablet. After that, we'd have a good time, and I mean a really good time, burning the commandments onto the tablet surface with the mini blowtorch I use for creme brulees. Then I figured we could take the finished tablet down to the ledge and, you know, proudly present it to the premier. Which is when I pointed out that unless we could find a charter bus for 300 people plus one cannabis tablet, we'd run a serious risk of being arrested for drug trafficking. That could have been a real problem. But the symbolic value of having the dozen or so commandments just for Yukoners house in the very heart of our democracy, that was an idea I wasn't ready to abandon. I'd actually been spending a lot of time in the legislature for another story, and I couldn't help noticing the giant tapestry that hangs behind the speaker's chair. If you ask me, it's looking a little worn out. So I thought to myself, do we have to use a tablet? What if we launched a more modest crowdfunding campaign to produce a new tapestry featuring the dozen or so commandments? Could we make that happen without being arrested? I knew the perfect person to ask, Nils Clark. He's not only my MLA, he's also the speaker. Sorry to interrupt. I know I'm just a lowly intern at this shit show of a podcast. But, if you want my opinion, no politician with an ounce of self-respect is going to indulge you on this one. Especially with all the cracks about Jesus. And speaking as the person who has been trying, and failing, to set the interview up, I'm pretty sure the answer to your question, if you ever actually got to ask it, would be a definite no. Also, the speaker's staff are warning you not to set up your tent on his veranda again. If you do, and I quote, Mr. Clark will have the sergeant-at-arms kick Mark's ass. Isn't the sergeant-at-arms like an 80-year-old woman? That was the previous sergeant-at-arms. I think the current one's a little younger. Anyway, it's sad when a virtual intern has a better grasp of reality than you do. And it's also sad when you've got a great idea and the powers that be just won't support it. If Mark and I can't get our political leaders to buy into the dozen or so commandments just for Yukoners, I wonder if anyone else is going to care. Maybe Yukoners just aren't ready for something as progressive, or totally archaic. It's one or the other. Or maybe both. I have to admit, I'm kind of confused. So for now, Mark and I are going to hang on to the dozen or so commandments just for Yukoners. When the time is right, we'll find a way to make them public with great fanfare and force you all to follow them. Until then, the crucifix-shaped USB stick bearing the commandments will remain safe and secure in a top-secret location. 
which may or may not be a storage locker somewhere near Mount Sinai. I think you mean Mount Sima. Okay, whatever, dude. No, not whatever. There's a difference. Does it really matter? Yes, it matters. Listeners expect us to be factual. No, they don't. You don't think so? Then why did we put that in the Bible? We didn't put that in our Bible. Like hell we didn't. You know, if you actually showed up for Bible study, you might know we didn't. Ugh. <sighs> Here we go again. I told you I was coaching soccer. No, you said you had a tummy ache. Sure, whatever. You have been listening to Smells Like You Can, or definitely not Smells Like You Can. It depends on your personal preference. Join Jess and Mark for the next episode, when they will tell you about last night's You Can Shed Roof Builders Awards. Kobe, Ashi and Zeta totally freaked out when Evergreen ended their 16-year winning streak. Until the next time, keep on smelling on, or not smelling on. Come on, why don't we just give it a rest? <laughs>